I went from 21 being in tons of credit card debt and picking up my first financial book to 31 and I'm a millionaire. Like, wow. so yeah, you're 30. Cool. But you can be where I'm at by 40. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Million Little Adventures. Now, if you're like me and you have an interest in finance or money in general, and you don't really know where to start, well, this episode is for you because I have a very special guest on today. Everyone, please welcome Zach Jurgensen. Did I pronounce that properly? You actually did. Yes, you yes, actually okay, did. Perfect. Some people get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, no, uh, really happy you reached out and I'm glad you're really excited about this topic. I, it's something I love talking about nonstop. So, okay, well, well let's get right into it then, because first of all, I want to know, like, have you, when did this start? Have you always been financially aware? When did this interest kind of, um, implant itself in you to be just like, there's just more to everything than what I've maybe possibly grew up or taught or was taught when I was younger, you know? Yeah. So I mean, I'll try. I like I like storytelling because storytelling storytelling oh, I, helps. We love storytelling over here. <laughs> okay, great. So no, to answer your question shortly, and then we'll get into how everything happened. No, was not good at managing money at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents aren't. So ironically enough, my dad was a very poor at saving, spent and spent and didn't invest and think about the future. Alternatively. I feel my mother was way too conservative in her investment Mm. strategies and things like that. And so she missed out on opportunities to, you know, rake in a larger piece of the pie for herself. So, and no one really talked about money in my family growing up. I wasn't good in high school, um, really got a crappy GPA. Yeah. So, uh, wasn't good in high school was kind of like, well, I got to get out of my hometown, ended up joining the Marine Corps. Still just didn't, wasn't really taking life seriously or anything like that. And I had one more year in the Marine Corps. I was 21 at the time. It was 2011. And I was like, man, I don't want to do this for sure, but I don't know what I want to do next. So I started picking up books. I picked up journalism books. I picked up photography books, art books, this, that, Mm -hmm. and the other. And I landed on this book called The Small Book on Big Dividends. Super simple, easy read. I mean, it's a real small book, very easy breakdown. And I was just like, man, this is kind of cool. Like your money can start making you money and then you don't have to worry about money. Um, And so at 21, I made my first investment. I bought uh, like 10 or 11 shares of Bank of America. And again, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I'm watching this like a hawk. I'm watching the price go up and down. I'm having like mini panic attacks, like (laughs) losing money. Now I'm making money. Like the market ends up closing at the end of the day. And I had $4.14 more in my account than I did when I started at the beginning of the day. And everything in my mind just clicked. And that's what started this whole adventure on how I went from being in debt and poor money spending habits in my 20s to um, having a net worth of a million dollars by 31. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that I was reading, you know, the podcast that caught my eye um, and I was like, it was your minimalism podcast. Nice. Very cool. I I love Love, that. I've actually love the minimalists. Yes. I kind of actually uh, listened to it a couple of times because it's so I can totally relate to that. Um, And and I'm similar to you. Like I knew about stocks, but then I was just like, where do I start? And, and for you, when you, when you purchase like bank of America stocks, like how did you know that was the right one to invest? Like, (laughs) like, let me just choose one. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't, I threw a dart at a board and I was like, ah, I mean, I know bank of America. I know they're not going anywhere. It sounds like a safe bet. 
So, um, yes, to dive into that question a little bit more, I had zero idea what I was doing. The reason I probably did so well because it was because of the timing, the mm-hmm. timing of the 2009 real estate crash, 2010, 2011, things bottomed out. I mean, if I only knew what I know now and I could have applied it back then, you could have thrown blindly at the stock market and made money because everything was bottomed out. Mm. And when things are bottomed out, you need to think in your head, it's on sale. It's no different than thinking things are on sale at the grocery store. If it ah. stakes off 20%, that's a lower price, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's a deal. I'm going to buy it. The same concept applies when you're investing in the stock market. Oh, this, this, not every time. I don't want to yeah. say every time, yeah. but if it's a good company and they're going through a little bit of a rough patch and they're down 20%, just think of the stake that's 20% off at the market or whatever you eat and mm-hmm. think it's on sale. I need to buy it now. So, yeah. So, okay. So then from there, where did you go? Like, where did you move to? Like in terms of finance and like building your portfolio. Yeah. So um, it's kind of crazy how I've gotten where I've gotten. Um, The more knowledge I've acquired day by day, week by week, year by year, um, the more intense and exact my goal setting was. Mm. So I got out of the military, worked at a bank for a year. I was kind of like, I got this GI bill. It's a free college. I might as well take advantage of it. Uh, Moved out to... um, uh, Arizona on a whim mm. and started going to ASU, um, for business management. And while I was doing that, um, you know, I'm 22 at the time. So I'm a little older than most freshmen because I'd done the Marines and started, uh, selling, uh, fitness packages. Cause I was doing fitness shows. And one of the guys that I worked and trained with, he was in real estate and shout out to Jason. If you ever somehow randomly hear this, he was always like, you know, man, like you're good at selling stuff, like quit selling these, these fitness packages. You can make way more money selling real estate. And I was like, eh. he kept pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. Um, finally pulled the plug on that or ripped the cord on that and, uh, started doing that my sophomore year the tail end of my freshman year, the beginning of my sophomore year in college. And by senior year, I'd basically built a real estate business. So I didn't need to go wow. find a job. With that said, I didn't, before I actually got my real estate license, I bought my first piece of real estate and had two people move in and live in the rooms with me. Mm-hmm. And it basically covered the mortgage and I got paid money. And I was like, well, yeah. this is pretty cool too. And so I was like, damn. So between the stock market and real estate, you can really set yourself up pretty well if you're being intentional with your money. And, and see, that's like the key word, intentional with your money. Because a lot of the time, as we were uh, saying earlier off the podcast, it's like there is this, um, like I grew up with the expectation or was taught that, you know, had to go to school, get a good job, go to university, build. But then it's like, what do I do with this money? What am I like? I'm saving all of this money, but for what? Okay, what happens when I get that good job and build that family? Then what else? Like, what? Where? Where is the cap? Is there a cap? You know? Right. And those are two things I really like to dive deep with people too on my podcast. I like to pair my episodes with some deeper philosophical thought because yeah. financial freedom purely just provides you with more flexibility, time, and freedom. You mm-hmm, can okay. fill that void in space with more time and money. Mm-hmm. Or you can fill that void in space with the ideologies of identifying what's going to make you happier in life. What's going to make you more content in life. What's going to make you more joyful in life. A job is necessary up to a certain extent. Money mm-hmm. is necessary up to a certain extent. So if you want to go travel the world in a minivan, you're going to require a lot less money to unplug from this system than I am. Yeah. You know, if you want to go 
buy in a crazy expensive yacht in the Mediterranean and eat pizza naked on it with a bunch of models, you're going to need a lot more money, you know, <laughs> like to retire. So, or unplug as I call it. Yeah. And so I help, I'm helping people identify what that looks like for them because mm-hmm. y- there are people in this world and I call them perpetual worker bees that will just work their entire life for a number and will have missed out on all the moments and experiences in life because they weren't able to find that balance. And I was on that track. I was on that track. I had a dark, I called it a, I call it a dark decade. My twenties, I did not travel. I did not go to concerts. I did not have friends. I, and Mm -hmm. when I did, I mean, very like one or two friends and like, you know, didn't go out to eat. Didn't, you know, just didn't, do anything didn't have any experiences and i praised the altar of capitalism and money and success and as i started getting closer and closer to this number i was like man i'm not feeling anything like what the hell's going on and so that's when i had to really take a step back and identify what type of relationship i had with money and before Mm -hmm. it was very unhealthy now it's healthy so um that term financial freedom would you say you've achieved that like I Are have. you there? You have? I have. Oh. So between uh, real estate assets, crypto, stock market, uh, a little bit of mis- military disability and stuff like that, all in all, um, by the time I raise rents on my properties um, in the beginning of January, I'm looking at about $8,000 a month in passive income. So uh, what would you say? What is a simple definition of that? Like now that you've described that you have achieved that for, for the unaware listening to this, like what is financial freedom? Just like I read something, maybe you can correct me, like um, it's like about uh, it's not about like working for money, but having the money work for you. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing. So passive income is the key word here. Mm-hmm. Um, I would much rather be an individual that has $50,000 in passive income coming in mm-hmm. than, than someone else that has to work a full-time job and makes $100,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Because the $100,000 a year, that's cool. You're making twice as much as me, but you're locking and tying up all of your time and your freedom and your flexibility. I would much rather have the $50,000 passively coming in by having my assets work for me, even while I'm sleeping or while I'm kayaking or paddleboarding or (laughs) flying out to visit friends in Chicago. And I know money's still getting spat at me and I'm not actively working anymore. Oh my gosh. Oh, this is so like eye opening. Like, okay. So I'm the person. So I actually did uh, a bit of traveling. Um, so after university, I decided to take like a gap year before like diving into a career. And I actually taught in South Korea, a uh, one year plan that turned to five. And during that time, I was able to travel the world and, and I actually made a significant amount of money. The problem is, it's like, I was just very ignorant and unaware And I was just like, okay, I'm going to spend this after my stint in Korea. I also did another like six month backpacking trip around Southeast Asia. And I spent a majority of that money. And then now I'm here back in Canada. I'm like, oh my gosh, I could have been investing that. I could have been building that. And so (laughs) I am now just kind of like, oh my gosh, I hope it's not too late. Is, is there, is that possible? Like, you know, is, is there ever a time where it's too late? I don't like to subscribe to that philosophy. Okay, good. <laughs> but please prove me wrong. <laughs> but to 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 that point, you know, if you're someone in your, you know, mid 40s, 50s, like yeah, I mean, you list, missed a lot of that time horizon and I don't really think that's my audience though. I'm really mm. trying to capture people that are teenagers, people in their yeah. 20s, people in their 30s, mid 30s, maybe even in in their 40s, the early mm. 40s, but um, you know, how old are you? I'm 30. Yeah. There, you got plenty of time. I have friends that are coming to me now, now that I'm kind of growing and building this out. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I tell them, I'm just like, dude, look at my, look at my example. I went from 21 being in tons of credit card debt and picking up my first financial book to 31 and I'm a millionaire. Like, wow. so yeah, you're 30. Cool. But you can be where I'm at by 40, as long as you're being intentional with your money. Mm-hmm. So to your answer or to your question, no, it is not too late. It, and, it to, feels- and, and to also just to like make you feel normal. Like I <laughs> blew my money in the Marine Corps. Like, Marine Corps wasn't like the most fun experience. And so mm. all of uh, all of the guys, we would just head down to Myrtle Beach every other week as soon as we got our paycheck, blew the entire paycheck that weekend in Myrtle Beach. And then we went back to the barracks and ate at the chow hall and waited for our next paycheck. And then we would rack up credit cards, buying, you know, beers and dominoes and just I was terrible with money. So yeah. don't feel bad. And I okay. want to analyze that, too. Like people think that like I've been like this super guru my entire life. I have fell into half of this and mm. a lot of it's been luck and good timing. The other half of it is definitely being intentional, psychologically rewiring your brain and having the capacity to want to learn about this stuff. So how, how does one rewire the brain? Uh, I know like in the minimalist podcast, you were talking about how everyone is like succumbed to like the external pressures of like getting the nicest cars, having the biggest house, but then sometimes it's like, okay, but that's okay. But then are you just kind of like putting yourself into debt? You know, like what, what are you really right. spending your money on? Right. You know? And, so. Yep. And yeah. I got caught in that too. Um, my highest income earning year was, uh, I think it was two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago or one year ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's something I want people to understand too. Okay. I have not always made good money. My first year in real estate, I made $18,000 and I was working 40 hour weeks. Mm. Like I barely survived, but I still figured wow. out how to get money into a Roth IRA and max out my Roth IRA. And I still, I've always figured out how to delegate a little bit of money to investing. And regardless of how small it is, the smaller, the, 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 the earlier you do it, even if it's smaller, the more impactful it's going to be and be able to compound and grow and grow and grow. Um, lost my train of thought. Where was I going with this? What was the question? Sorry. Well, how does one rewire the brain? Like, you know, like where is it like just educating and reading the right books, listening to right podcasts? What if, what if like the will isn't there? Like I could read as as many books as I want, but it's still like, oh my gosh, like I want this, I want this and I have the money to obtain this. Right. But that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I remember where I was going with that now. So I had one of my higher income earning years. I think it was two years ago, two years Mm -hmm. ago, something like that. Um, bought some Gucci shoes, bought a Gucci shirt. Like I got an AMG Mercedes, like, (laughs) like, you know, just having a little fun with with the money. But I looked at all of it and I started looking at like the Gucci t-shirt and the Gucci shoes and they were expensive. And I'm like, this isn't me. Like, Mm. I know this is what people try and attain. The car is fun. Don't get me wrong. I love my car, but it's the entry level AMG. And like, I don't want or need anything more than that. Like it's a 300 horsepower car. It's real fun. It's zippy, but like, I don't need a $150,000 car. Mm. Some people might feel the need to have that, but a lot of this comes down to self-reflection, sitting in your thoughts and asking yourself why four or five times. So let mm. me give you an example. Yes, please. I want to buy a car. Why? So I can go to work. Um, but I want to buy a nicer car. Why? So people think I'm successful. Why? Because if people think I'm successful, then I know I'm giving everyone the right image that I want to give people. Why? And you'll be very surprised. You do this why exercise four, five, six times. You'll find out a lot of the times you're doing the things you're doing. 
is because you're assuming certain people around you are going to think certain things about you. When it's not the case. When it's not the they case. They don't really. At all. I, I know you they were don't saying care. That like, they, yeah, don't they don't care. care. They don't like, care. They don't like, care. You you see yourself in their eyes as this whole image when really they're just focusing on that one little product. Yep. You know, it's. Yep. Oh. Yep. I think I can't. Yeah, I can't remember the episode, but like, yeah, when a girl walks by with in a nice purse or a guy drives past in a Ferrari, no one's thinking about how cool the guy in the Ferrari is or the girl with the purse is. All they think about is the object and how bad they want it. Like and so to continue living your life through this filter of doing things because you want other people to think certain ways about you, mm-hmm. it is toxic. It is destructive. And Americans, Americans are the worst offenders. Yeah, because it's just consumerism at its finest, right? It's just, yep, you got to you know, peel th- th- back. This is Go happiness, ahead. you know, this is what buy this and you will be happy, you mm. know, but then what happens when you're in debt? <laughs> yep, exactly. And it's just, it's not, it's not worth your freedom. Like car payments aren't worth your freedom. Mm-hmm. Like me being able to get up this morning and do this. And I got another interview next week and the, the individual is like, you know, when are you free? And I'm like, whenever you're free, man, mm-hmm. like, I have that flexibility and freedom in life. But the only reason I have that flexibility and freedom in life is because I didn't go buy a $150,000 Porsche and I didn't go buy a $700,000 house. Mm -hmm. I live in a house that's 300,000. I mean, it's worth more now Um, for a single person. That mortgage payment isn't bad. And, you know, I have a car that, you know, it's a fun little zippy car, but it was only 46 grand. It wasn't 150. Could I go finance those things and go flagrantly like show the world how quote unquote successful I am. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're trapped in your own prison at that point. You've designed your own system where you have to keep being a perpetual worker bee and it's Mm -hmm. just not worth it. Uh, Do you believe in like going into things blindly? For example, uh, Oh my God. I had a thought when you were talking about it, but like I had a, I have a friend whose brother got a good paying job and you know he finally like okay I'm, I'm able to finance this really nice car um because of our cur- the current state of the world and the p- this pandemic unfortunately he got laid off and now he's left with car payments that he's unable to meet and so like that's kind of when I was talking about like risk and the messages that I was sending you it's like okay yes I know what I need to do I know the direction I I, I should be heading in but then there's that element of risk like how like, and, and like, am I, I'm just essentially going in there blind because I'm taking that chance. How do you feel about that? Sure. So everything's scary with the first yeah. time around, whether you like, you remember driving your car for the first time when you were 16 and getting yeah. your license, like yeah. terrified today, I get in my car. I don't even think twice about doing it. It's the same thing when I bought my first piece of real estate, you know, now I own four, I'm, I'm getting ready to own my fifth one. It was the same thing when I invested in the stock market, I was like roller coaster emotions with those bank of America shares doing things outside of your comfort zone comfort zone are always going to be scary unarguably mm. there is always going to be risk involved with investments too mm-hmm. when you step outside and drive and and hop into your car and get on the highway there is risk you get in a car accident when it's raining outside and you're walking outside there is risk you get struck by lightning there is risk in every investment you make and it's just something you have to become comfortable with and you will over time be, as long as you keep exposing yourself to it mm, so okay. One of the things, too, that I just, you know, I'll drop on this um, podcast will always be free for people. I want to be able to answer questions for people that are wanting to be maybe another level of intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a Patreon account mm-hmm. and, you know, for ten dollars and fifty six cents a month. Um, and everyone asks why ten dollars and fifty six cents a month. 
It is literally the cost of a caramel frappuccino and a ham and <laughs> sandwich, including tax in Arizona. Yeah. I'm and that's and that's what per month, right? Per month. Yeah. Per month. And literally, I have all of my stock market positions, all my mutual funds, my sector funds, my individual stocks, my individual cryptos, my real estate deals, what I bought them at, you know, what the cash flow is on them, what the fixed costs are, you know, what the appreciation is. So I literally have an entire playbook on everything I've done over the past decade at someone's fingertips. And you get one on one accountability financial coaching every month with me as well, um, whether it's via Zoom or in person. So, you know, Anyone that's interested and wants to take it another level, um, that is completely at your fingertips. And again, it's I'm cheaper than a, a standard subscription of Netflix. So I try to make the yeah. barrier to entry so low for you. And it helps me fund and finance this because I want to grow and reach more people as well. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure my lis- listeners appreciate that. So guys, check it out. Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that as well in the end. Sure. Um, uh, another thing that I wanted you to dive or like maybe you can provide more insight in is this idea of wanting to be rich. And I know you mentioned yes. this in another podcast of like wanting to be rich versus being wealthy. What are, what are the differences? Can you explain so that my listeners understand the differences? Because yeah. I, I'm guilty of like, okay, I want to make as much money as I possible, but like, am I wealthy or am I just have a lot of money? You know what I mean? Yep. And if that's all you're focused on, you just have a lot of money and you're rich. Like wealth is such a much, it's hard because I can't use the word wealthy or rich, but it's just (laughs) such a much, it's such a much more abundant arena to operate while you're living on this planet for a few decades. Like wealth, wealth, correct. And so once one side of one side of the equation that I get people to understand. They're like, I want to be rich or I want to be the most successful in my family or I want to be da 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 da. I always play this example out. Name me a pharaoh right now from yeah. Egypt. <clears throat> now just go ahead and name me a pharaoh. Can you name me one? My gosh, I don't even know. No. Okay. Can you <laughs> name me a Roman emperor other than Julius Caesar? That's the one. That's what I was going to name. <laughs> okay. Can you name me the first eight presidents of the United States? Oh, I'm Canadian, so I. Uh, okay, uh, par- <laughs> what do you guys have? Parliament up there? Uh, prime ministers. Prime ministers. Can you name me the first eight prime ministers of Canada in a row? Uh, not the first eight. Uh, John Maybe like Fischen, the first one or something like that. Um, Sir John A. Macdonald. Okay, my point has been made at this point. Really? These are men that pursued nothing but money and power and ruled the entire known world at the time. And we are living in 2021 right now. Mm-hmm. And we can't name any of them. And at best, one or two of them are on a footnote in a history book. And in another 500 years, no one will remember their name. Wow. Okay. So it's perspective for you to understand and realize time will forget all of us, whether you're the president of the United States or you and I talking or the person listening on this podcast. Identify the things that are really important in your life and learn to enjoy day to day the very few decades we have on this planet. If that's traveling for you, great. Go travel. That doesn't require you to make five million dollars a year. Mm, Okay. so but but then what if it's like, okay, yes, I want to travel, but then I do need to have income. You know what I mean? It's like that's what the passive income comes. Yeah, the passive. Okay, so so. Put all of my, do you believe in putting all your eggs in 
a big basket plus little multiple ones like yeah so i mean yeah so eggs should go in many different baskets yeah because <laughs> yeah. you never know which so like for instance and here's another important thing that i you know i'll share on your episode a lot of people they get really hung up on maxing out their 401k or their roth ira or their retirement account that's cool. Let's say you hit your financial goals, but it's all locked up in a retirement account. You still can't use that until you're 60. Mm. You screwed yourself over by not think by just being programmed to go, oh, I'm just going to dump money into a retirement account. Whereas if you're someone that goes, okay, I need this much money like myself, you know, okay, what's, what are things I can invest in where I can start using the money tomorrow? If I choose to, that's yeah. a traditional brokerage account. That's real estate. That's seed money for business startups. That's my own business. These are things that can provide me passive income tomorrow. Yeah. And so you need to merge the two because, um, I know one of my episodes, I give an example of a 40 year old guy that hit his, uh, goals, but it's all locked up in retirement stuff. So he still can't go live and do the like things 20 he years. Wants to do in life for 20 years. Exactly. Wow. So you have to be very aware on what that balance is for you. I still invest in a four or a Roth IRA every year. I know I can't touch that money till I'm 60, but let's say a couple of my real estate deals blow up and something else goes sideways. My Roth IRA is the backup plan to the backup plan to the backup plan. Just mm. in case in the event, you got to set fail safes for yourself just in case because plan A's, plan B's, plan C's. Exactly. Okay. Because to your point, like you asked earlier, like there's risk, there's risk associated with everything. Mm -hmm. I'm very meticulous. I've made sure that I do well with the things I invest in, but I can still mess up. Like I got a couple stocks I've picked. They're down over a hundred percent. They're down over a hundred percent, but I've picked a couple more winners and I stick more to sector funds and mutual funds. Um, and oh, because I've diversified so much, yes, I got a couple dogs, a couple complete losers, but they are <laughs> offset so greatly by the fact that I'm so well diversified and I have other things making money for me. That doesn't even matter, it doesn't right? Doesn't even phase. I mean, it, it, you know, it affects the total return, but it's a drop in the bucket just because I'm so well diversified. Okay, so diversity, being diverse, and is very important. <laughs> Yep. So di yeah, diversity, just real quick for everyone. Like I'm big on sector funds. And so mm -hmm. there are certain sectors in the market that don't do well, um, or uh, historically have not done well over the past, uh, 10, 15, 20 years. So uh, sectors like energy, um, what's another one? Uh, I can't think of one, but that's a, one of the bad ones, but you know, like it's good sectors that have performed very well over the past 10, 15, 20 years things like information technology, yes, uh, yeah. the medical sector. And yeah. so I cherry pick the sectors that have performed better. And that's kind of my investment strategy, but I do it through mutual funds. And when you buy a mutual fund share, instead of buying one company, you're buying hundreds of companies. So yes. instead of going to the horse race and buying one horse, you're buying all the horses. Like the whole fleet. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, oh, wow. Oh, this, is, this is so great. Like I, I'm already, I'm really enjoying this conversation. <laughs> Yeah, no, great. I, um, and I, yeah, I'm pumped. You, you reached out to me. I've had yeah. a couple other people, but I really want to get my message out there. You know, I want to start helping. You just need people. that like a little push, and like now, yeah, this is what people need to need to know. Like, right? <laughs> like, yep. use that money and put it in something that will like, like build for you or make money for you. You know what and I mean? And it does. Like, and it doesn't matter how you. small. It doesn't yeah. matter how small the amount is. That's another thing I see people getting hung up on. Well, oh, I need to have a thousand dollars. Oh, I need to have. Well, dude, if you have $10, just start. Well, what is, is there a magic number? Like how much do you need to be making per month to be secure, to be financially free? Is there a number or is that dependent on each individual? 
It's dependent. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You nailed it on the head. It's dependent on each individual because if you're someone like me who likes to drive a little bit of zippier car, mm. live in you know a little bit of a nicer house, but nothing over the top, my fixed costs are going to be higher than the person that's okay living in a one bed, one bath, little condo and driving mm. around a 1980s Toyota. You know, but, their but costs is there are like is be... there like a percentage? Do you like what? what do oh, you think? here's here's something I will say. I'm glad you brought this up. So I've been asking everyone. Everyone, all mm -hmm. different walks of life, all different professions, people mm -hmm. with different ranges of income and experiences. And overarchingly, I'm starting to find I ask people, what number would you just kind of unplug from life and not worry about anything? Like, well, how much money would you need coming in without yeah. working? And unarguably, it's between six and eight thousand dollars a month. Really? I have oh. asked people. They, well, I've asked people and they say between six and eight thousand dollars a month passively. That's but again, I'm just playing. I'm saying don't overthink it. What's yeah, the yeah. number that comes to your mind immediately? And that's the general. And that's consensus. the number. Yeah. And I started asking this stuff more and more and more. I originally didn't want to retire until I had twelve thousand dollars a month in passive income. Mm -hmm. But I started moving dramatically off of that because as I got closer to that number. I realized I wasn't happy. I wasn't feeling successful or fulfilled or all these things that I thought was going to come with that number, because that's what's hammered into us by society. Mm. You know, if you're rich, if you're, you know, you can rip around in fast cars, if you can, and maybe that's not for everyone, but that's the messaging that resonated with me growing up. Mm. Um, and so I went from $12,000 a month, um, which probably would have me still working for another three, probably another four or five years. Oh, really? to now, like literally I, you know, uh, left my job roughly around September 8th, 2021. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm focusing on this full time and I got it. Oh, just five. recently. Yes. Just recently. Yeah. yeah just recently uh, this year. Um, I am 100% completely retired, but that's the number everyone says knee jerk. So if you can get into that area, like yeah. it's time to start sitting in your thoughts and focusing on what you really want to get out of life and live your wealthiest life. Yeah, I just need to like start meditating and just don't let like external. I do. Forces. I met I do. Yes. Does it I work? Started. Okay. Yeah, what, what are I, some tips? What, how did you get into it? So because I've tried and I'm like, and I hear a sound and like, it's completely thrown off. <laughs> it's super, it's super hard. Like anyone that says meditating is easy is lying. No, lying. You. Yeah. I've uh, started meditating. Um, the, the, so I've done a lot of different types of testing on what works for me. This is what works for me. It okay. could be different for someone else. I need to do it first thing in the morning when I wake up before I look at my phone or do any type of activity. Mm. Because if I start looking at my phone or looking at activities, then all of a sudden I start getting a stream of thoughts in my mind. Yeah. And I start thinking about stuff, whether it's Instagram, whether it's an email, whether it's mm. you getting on this uh, call with me at nine o'clock in the morning. I need to go do this immediately. The other thing I do is I will do it in the bathroom and I will turn the shower on because the shower creates white noise and drowns out other things that might be going on, whether it's my dog walking around, my Roomba going off, as we just saw, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and you're so, what, just like sitting on the toilet and just like listening to the I'm white sitting, noise. <laughs> I'm sitting on the ground listening to white noise and I focus on my breathing. It's the mm. only thing I try and focus on. If something does get enter in my head, I address it immediately. And then I let it go. And then I go back to focusing on my breathing. Oh, that's a lot of practice. That's, it, that's it that. And to be honest, I've only, I meditate for 20 minutes every morning. And I only have been able to successfully meditate for a full 20 minutes without looking at my phone over the past 90 days, twice. Oh, okay. It's hard. So I am literally in the infancy practice stages. Mm -hmm. There are people I know and I've talked to where they don't need to do the breathing thing anymore. Mm -hmm. And they can literally just, 
I don't know, enter some other conscious realm where they're able to think more about uh, or actually not think. And by not thinking, you enter a altered conscious state that human beings aren't used to because we are constantly being bombarded by streams of thought. Mm, yeah. And so when you can, it's hard it, and I can't do it yet because I still have to think about my just my breathing. I have to I have to cut off all of my streams of thought except for just breathing. I'm mm -hmm. still thinking about something, but I'm Inhale, limiting the stream exhale. of thoughts. And so there's people in this world that know how to just completely cut that off and enter wow. an altered state of consciousness. When with that said and done, you come out of these states, even with the breathing stuff, I've noticed it. you're happier, you're lighter, you're more motivated. Better um, mood, I guess. Better mood. You yeah. feel more aligned with whatever sole purpose you're trying to achieve in life. Um, it's hard to articulate, but meditating is, I think, definitely something everyone should do, especially if they're struggling with what their next step in life is. Okay. So that's, that's me. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I get uh, it. Well, I, I'm happy because like that you say that you've been there, right? It's, it's very like, uh, it's helpful. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will, will find it helpful as well. It's like, okay, yeah, it's easy for you to talk to someone who's rich already. But then I'm like, no, guys, like he, yeah. he's experienced this, right? So and yeah, and I want to drive home too. like, I, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have a silver spoon in my mouth. I wasn't born mm. into a family with wealth. Yeah. Everything I've created was for myself. And I fought tooth and nail. I've had a rough childhood. Um, mm. You know, we were in and out of court systems, there was child abuse situations, mm. like, I haven't had an easy life. And so like for the people that are out there listening that also haven't had an easy life, like mm -hmm. you can do this too. Like, it's not like I grew up in a house where mom and dad were perfect and there was a white picket fence and they paid for everything. And yeah. like, no, I got kicked out of my house when I was in high school. I worked a full-time job, went in the Marine Corps, did a, did a combat tour overseas. I have had to survive on my own since 17. So to the people that are having, you know, that don't have as easy of a life, like know that, like you mm. can get where I'm at, even yeah. without all of the cards working in your favor. That is life. Wow. That, my God, this is so inspiring, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. think like, I feel like you've just provided so much value to this podcast. Like, wow. So thank you so much. Um, yeah. And I'm definitely on my next topic. I'm going to go into detail about your talk, your, your talk. I can't remember which episode I was listening to of yours, but it was, um, <clears throat> he was a teacher from Africa or something like that. Oh yes. My, my friend, Matt Courtois, Matt. uh, he was, he's a, a life coach, life coach. Yeah. I listened to that op uh, episode and then oh, what was, what did he, Oh, that say? one got really philosophical. <laughs> Yeah, it did. And I can't remember that. Now it's escaping me. I remembered it last night. And now I can't remember he had, I forgot he had said something about he was contrasting two items. And I can't remember for the life of me. I'm hoping oh you would gosh, be able now, to jump Now on I have it. to think back. That was a you'll while have to ago. Go, you'll have to go yeah. back to that yeah. one. But I remember listening to that one. And there was a couple times he opened his mouth and I was like, damn, that's really good perspective. Yeah, he's yeah. Yeah. I'm, I really appreciate it. Sometimes I, I message him from time to time. I'm like, I just need to check in. I don't yeah. <laughs> I need to you like bring me back. <laughs> um, all right, Zach. Well, um, to end my podcast, I always like to do kind of like a fun little uh, quick game. And with you, I just have like like words and I want you to give me like quick perspectives on it or just like one or two. It's like details. one or two words. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts right now on cryptocurrencies? Like risky, yeah. but money will be made there. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Good. I know. I feel like I could dive into like another podcast because oh, there's yeah. just so much to talk about that. Yep. I talk about um, it on mine too. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> best way or best way or best tools to start budgeting. Truebill. What is that? Truebill. Truebill is the app I use. It's a budgeting app and literally yeah. it will. But do you flag. believe in that? Like, is that helpful? Yo, yes. Budgeting yeah. is an absolute must. The only yeah. way you're able to be intentional with your money is if you have a budget and you know where the dollars are going. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it as well, but sometimes I forget about it and I'm like, okay, I'll restart next month. So yeah. it's hard. You really got to train yourself. It is. It is. Um, debt. What are your thoughts on debt? Like advice on paying it off? How do people so, manage? So debt, um, if it's short term, I think it's bad. Get rid of it. Um, so things like credit cards, car loans, things like that. Mm-hmm. Long-term debt that appreciates, i.e. real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's good debt. As long as you're not over-leveraging yourself. Don't mm-hmm. get crazy with it where you have a house of cards and you can't cover your obligations. Um, <clears throat> regarding paying it off, I'm huge. I have on my website, The Steps to Success. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go click on it. It's a blog and it, it's a blog post and it just kind of encompasses kind of what I did throughout my decade to get oh. where I'm at. And I'm huge on paying off debts with the highest interest rate per first. I don't mm. care what the size of the debt is. If I have a thousand dollars or if I have $1,500 that's um, at, you know, 8% and I have $3,000 that's at 33%, I want to knock out the $3,000 at 33% interest because it's eating up more of your money. Yeah. Okay. No, so that's good biggest advice. interest, biggest interest rate, Just attack that one first, attack that one first. Um, I have a friend who has credit card debt, Yep. but then they're also investing in like cryptocurrencies, like, and they're what they've explained Pay to off me. Your debt first. Okay. Well, so what they're Pay saying, they're like any of the, the things, the income that they're making or that they're gaining from those. Uh, investments they're using that to pay off their credit card but i'm like is that yeah and i get the arbitrage of that i yeah. really do because i went to school for you know business management we had to take finance classes mm-hmm. uh, this individual's arbitraging the situation where basically they are understanding i can borrow this money at this percent but then i can go make this money at this yeah. percent and then i end up coming out on top that's cool and that works until it fucking doesn't mm-hmm. like it only works when everything's going right and a lot of people don't play devil's advocate in their world and, and they placate things in perfection. People look at their life in perfection. People look at their job in perfection. People look at how much they're going to make in perfection. Well, as we've all learned, life isn't perfect and no. life definitely doesn't go our way. And it can happen next week, next month, next year, five years from now. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And in this guy's situation or girl's situation, it'll eventually happen. They're going to get burned. I yeah. it, I did. I did that before. Uh, there's some stock picking stuff I did before. There's a lot of things I've invested in and I've got my ass burned real hard. And you need to understand the only way you're going to achieve and retain wealth is by mitigating your risk. Mm. And by mitigating your risk, you need to pay off all your debt. Because okay. that is a variable. And well, I'm just going to forward variable. this episode to them. So <laughs> I think I think the problem is, is like the risk of like, okay, if, if, if they pay off their credit card, then they have like, their their income significantly or their the money that they've saved significantly like drops you know what i mean sure and there's balance in all of that and again if this person wants a little more guidance on that stuff and they're open to hearing my thoughts ideologies and philosophies have them reach out to me you know yeah for sure or whatever yes yes i definitely will 
Um, and then you mentioned it. I was going to say, what, what are your thoughts on real estate investment? I, I know now you've already kind of real estate is it. huge. Yeah. Real estate is huge. Like I'm, I'm probably 60% real estate, 30% stock market. Really? So I am, I am more heavily invested in real estate. Um, I'm out in the Phoenix Metro area, the rents out here and the appreciation out here. And again, it provides a paycheck starting mm. from day one that you can start using. And the other cool thing about real estate is you don't lose any purchasing power. Every time cost of living goes up or, or, or uh, inflation goes up, guess what? Your rent goes up too. You don't lose yeah. the purchasing power of oh, a rental wow. property. So that's something that I also want to like educate myself more of because, you know. Yeah. And kinda, I'm here for all of it. Even after we get done with this podcast, yeah. like continue to reach out with me. Yes. I, I see you succeed. Definitely will. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Zach. Like that's, that's kind of all I had for today. And like I said, you've, you've helped me and I'm sure the listeners that will listen to this, like it's so much value. And now they can take kind of little tips and like stepping stones to kind of move forward and know where to start, I guess. And yeah, and know that it is attainable. It is achievable. So it absolutely is. And I'm here to support you in any way, shape or form that I can. And there's no such thing as a dumb question. I didn't know anything. I picked up my first finance book at 21. Didn't even know that's what I was a, investing the in. They, like, they don't teach this. Like when, when I was born, they didn't teach any of this. Like right. thankfully now in Canada this year, just this year, they've actually started to implement money and finance into the curriculum. Yeah. I and think they're like, realizing it's such a desperate need and there's a yeah. desperate demand for it. And that's yeah. why I'm on my platform talking about it. Um, the way I talk about things. So yeah. Um, yeah, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Yes. Uh, yes. Where can people find you? Yep. Zach Jorgensen. That's Z A C J U E R G E N S E N. That's my creator professional account. Okay. If you want to follow my personal one, it's Z Jurgen Z J U E R G E N. Um, that's just me and my friends being stupid and shit, but <laughs> the professional one will actually help you with some things and you can DM me for questions on there. Um, what else was I going to say? You can go to my website, zachjurgensen.com, record questions there. Um, those are probably the easiest ways to get a hold of me. I do have a goal of trying to get to 10 patrons um, by the end of this month. So I'm at two right now. I have potentially a third. So, um, and as I grow this, I want to start giving away prizes and like helping people like contribute to their 401 Roth for Roth IRA and stuff like that. So, but in order to do that, I need to have, you know, money coming in from this business to know that, that mm -hmm. people do want this. So if it is something you're interested in the coaching stuff, sign up for it, do it for a month, do it for two months. If you yeah. don't like it, you can cancel it. And, um, please, if you are someone that signs up, give me feedback. I want to know what you guys need because me just rambling and talking about stuff and not getting any feedback. I, I need to make sure this stuff's landing and it's resonating and it's valuable to you guys. Yeah. I, I always really enjoy constructive criticism as well. You know, we need it to, to grow and just to, to grow be and better. build a better product. Yeah, yep, exactly. absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Zach, you guys, you heard it here first. All of it. I'll link all of his details, uh, website, Instagram, his Patreon account, all in this podcast and yeah. Join us next time on a million little adventures. Thank you so much. Bye. All right, Andrea. Thanks so much. Bye, Bye Zach. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.